Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Want to see your loan options, adjust payments, and closing costs online in real time? Rocket can. We're talking about Shohei Otani who is the biggest star in baseball right now, could be one of the biggest stars in sports if MLB plays its cards right. But another star, and and this guy is a star, is Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, his ability to capture people's interest is up there with the top people on the planet. I mean... At this point, UFC, mixed martial arts, I guess you could say it's still a niche sport to an extent, but it's such a huge niche. Uh, it's it's a niche that is, is mainstream, right? Like, it's I, – I mean, I'm trying to think of the, the th- things that I, I believe – it's in the top five things that I, re- I think receive the most coverage or clicks or whatever, however you measure it, uh, doing what I do. And Conor McGregor's the biggest star in the history of that sport. By far. Ronda Rousey, for a moment. Um, but as far as just like generating buzz and interest, it's Conor McGregor. But does he still do it as a fighter? That's the question that will be answered tonight when he faces Dustin Poirier for the third time. McGregor has only one win in like the last five years. And that was uh, against Cowboy Cerrone. Um, Not too long back. But otherwise, McGregor, one win in in nearly five years. You know, that doesn't mean he hasn't elevated his status in that time. He has. The Floyd Mayweather fight is probably the biggest moment of his career. And that wasn't MMA. I mean... Not as far as the result, obviously. He was never going to win that fight. It was a guaranteed loss. He'd never fought a professional boxing fight, and he's fighting arguably the best professional boxer ever. Duh. I, I, I always tell people if there's one thing I'd wish I'd mortgage my house on, it's that. Even though the, the, the odds were so far in Mayweather's favor, I should have just bet my house on Floyd Mayweather in that fight. But McGregor acquitted himself well in that fight. I think he impressed people to the degree he was able to compete, even if Mayweather was sort of letting him hang around. I mean, he's a he's a respectable fighter. I mean, he, he didn't get to where he is without winning fights. But for the most part, he's been riding that wave, that Mayweather wave of fame. And then um, you, you see how famous he is where he, he was able to flip his uh, whiskey company, Proper 12, is the, the whiskey company. He was able to flip that 
And he was uh, the highest-earning athlete in 2021, according to Forbes, as a result. You know, and I I get it. He was only the highest-earning athlete because of the whiskey sale. But the whiskey sale doesn't happen without the fame Conor McGregor has achieved. And the notoriety, the notorious MMA, the notoriety Conor McGregor has achieved. And, you know, it's starting to, in that, those sports, there, there can be this um, lasting impact that people just, no matter what the evidence says, doesn't go away. Like, Mike Tyson could come out of retirement today and fight somebody and people would be picking him because of the dominance that he once had. And he, he did once have that dominance but I remember towards the end when when Tyson was no longer actually even really competing with with the best people would still pick him to win fights because they were hypnotized by that dominance and sort of the aura that he had well it's similar with McGregor because McGregor the fighter has um not exactly warranted the attention that he's getting going into tonight's fight again one win in nearly five years and yeah Mayweather carried McGregor in that fight like I said but he he did earn some people's respect I think the thing with with McGregor I I think that gets determined now is what happens with the rest of his career because Really, why has he captured so many people's attention at this moment? His his personality. And I'm just talking about as a showman. I'm not talking about o- o- away from the octagon because there's plenty of the question. But uh, uh, on the mic, the guy's unbelievable. So if he doesn't win tonight, if I mean, if he wins tonight, obviously his MMA and, and UFC career will continue. But if he loses tonight... Where does he go from here? To me, the obvious answer should be professional wrestling. I mean, that almost feels like his destiny, right? To be a professional wrestler. It's either that or fight Jake Paul <laughs> if he loses tonight, right? 855-212-4227. Anthony, how do you think Connor would do as a pro wrestler? He got the charisma. He got the personality, which is obviously yeah. very important to succeed in professional wrestling. So I could see it. I mean, and, and you're an MMA guy too, right? I mean, I follow a little bit. I mean, I'm not a huge MMA guy. Where would you say, like, I mean, because if he loses tonight, right, there's not much more for him to do there. I, I guess he could fight, um, like, Diaz again or something. But uh, uh, other than that. I it, think he can seemed, move on. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's it, it's the professional wrestling or, or fighting Jake Paul are the, the next uh, logical steps. Let's go to Mark in St. Louis. Mark. You're up with Robin Lundberg here on CBS Sports Radio. What's up? Yeah, Robin, uh, I totally agree with you on the Otani thing about what he's doing. I'm uh, 65 years old. I had the privilege of watching Willie Mays play and Hank Aaron and and a lot of the great stars throughout the years. And I was involved in a lot with the McGuire deal. But uh, Otani, what he's doing is unprecedented because he does everything. Yes, I mean, that's – and does it well. I mean, it's not just that he does it. He, he does it well. 
he, he's doing it great at the plate and and very good a, as a pitcher. <laughs> I mean, that that is the 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 whole selling point behind it. And we could continue to talk. Oh, oh, Tani, that'll be a, a topic of discussion all morning, of course. And, and thank you for the call, Mark. Uh, but uh, yeah, I did want to uh, hear from some people on Connor McGregor as well at eight five five two one two. 4227-855-212-4227. Of course, we'll get to the NBA Finals, too. Uh, Spike in St. Petersburg. Spike, you're up next on the show. What's going on? Hey, my friend. Good morning. Uh, on, on the Conor McGregor, look, Floyd carried him. They made a fortune, and that was a brilliant marketing campaign. I don't know if wrestling would work for him. I, I don't follow wrestling anymore like I used to, but he may be too too small unless they make another category, you know, junior, whatever, worldwide champ. But it's a good theory. It's a good theory. The, the NBA, look, I, I'm not a big Milwaukee fan, but I have more respect for Giannis now. Uh, Phoenix is a really good team, but my God, if you've ever so much basketball, we both watch cumulatively. It's so uh, obvious that uh, Monty Williams is out coaching uh, Budenholzer. Uh, the in-game adjustments don't even exist for Budenholzer. I, it's amazing to me. I'm watching the game, and obviously the second and third players. Uh, I hate to rank people, but that's what they are. Uh, on uh, Phoenix, uh, outplayed egregiously uh, on uh, the Bucks. Uh, I thought Middleton would have a better game. I thought uh, True Holiday needed to have a better game. I thought they were going to run a weak side screen and roll and keep Lopez and the small forward, who's uh, the big forward, is a small forward. What's his name? PJ Tucker. Keep keep them in the corners and make a two-man game on the weak side. That was the strategy. I thought as a former guy who coached at a low level, that's what I would have done. And they did it for a little while, and they went away from it. I, I just didn't understand the coaching. But coaching and all, you got to execute. And besides Giannis, I didn't see much execution. What do you see? Yeah, I don't think it comes down to the coaching really at all, to be honest with you. I, okay. I, I think um, – I, I think Budenholzer's tried different coverages defensively in this particular series. He's played Giannis at center in this particular right. series. I, I think part of the problem is, one, you know, the way that the, the Milwaukee roster is constructed and the way that they've played all season, the the kind of shots that they surrender, um, Chris Paul and Devin Booker are just really good at hitting. So that's, oh, that's, that, that's, they play, they're giving them like their wheelhouse. They're, play, they're allowing them to go into their wheelhouse with but, mid-range and bite. It's, but it's, I don't know how they – I'm not sure how they stop it because they lost DiVincenzo, right? Which right. Would, he, he would help them in this series play that way because they just don't – I'm not sure where their personnel is that they go to because Giannis was unbelievable. Uh, he, 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 played right. he played great. He played great. I mean, Middleton and Holiday just didn't shoot the ball. That, that's well right. But uh, – how you stop it is not that difficult. And if you were on the court and you were coaching, you know, uh, three and three, five and five, and you were coaching the team you were on, you would say tire out Chris Paul on defense. That's but the strategy. I, it's not that hard, especially but, at 36. But how do you do it with their personnel is, is what I'm saying. Like, they, if they go smaller, and, and that's what the adjust, one of the adjustments they've made, and, and I would do it more often, and play Giannis at the five, you know, who are the other – versatile pieces that they have they don't have too many of those players especially after DiVincenzo went down 
Well, they I think don't have guards. Just, they, they don't yeah, have the right guards, right? So, but I'm saying, whoever Chris Paul is guarding, even if they switch, keep him on a weak side on a two-man game, and put your three-point shooters in the corner. PJ Tucker's pretty good from the off corner, and Brook is very good from the off corner. Get them away. If, if They're Brooke not going to leave play, alone. If Brook is playing, you can't. You have to surender the jumpers to Chris. Paul. I know, I know. They're going to yeah, so. They they can't win here. They're not put together right, and and they're not taking advantage of their height. That's a, they're a much bigger team, uh, obviously. And they don't have that other guard. Middleton's almost like a hybrid. He's really not a guard. He's really small forward to me, the way he plays. I don't uh, know yeah, if you I, agree. I think Phoenix just has too much team speed for them right now. There you in, go. Yeah. In general. Yeah, well, I hope Milwaukee wins a game because, like you, I want, I want to see a, a game where, where it's on the line. I don't believe in that crap about the series isn't over till you lose a game on your court. Well, I'll show you 95 out of 98 that don't work that way. Just well, the numbers yeah. in basketball are stalling, yeah. Uh, obviously, I, I think the Bucks need to win both games three and game four. And, and thanks for the call, as always, Spike. Like that, if they're going to be in that series, it's not. A, we've seen a lot of series this year where it was 2-0, and it wasn't exactly over, right? So I, I wouldn't just dismiss them or, or write them off or anything like that. Uh, but, it, yeah, it's not looking good. And if they don't win tomorrow, then Suns and Four Guy is about to be immortalized. <laughs> uh, you know, the the finals, it's... there's There's been a little bit of a, a lack of juice, I think, because it's 2-0. And because some of the star power is gone. But, yeah, you know, that's what leads to people falling into a trap of just having to blame somebody. I I don't know if there's anybody to blame on the Bucs side, and then certainly not Giannis. I mean, Giannis is the biggest star in the series, and people don't know what to do with the idea that he could play great and his team could lose. And that's what's happening right now. I mean, his knee was bent the entire wrong direction a week ago, and he's out there dominating. How about Dakota in Woodbridge, Virginia? Dakota, you're up next here with Robin Lundberg on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing? I'm uh, just reaching out because I don't understand how you think that McGregor would go to professional wrestling. Why not? Because the reason everyone is so into him and he has so much notoriety is because he's a fighter. He comes from the bottom up to the top, just like you mentioned about Tyson. He did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's just a fighter, and he's not, did a, Tyson, he's not an entertainer. Did, did Tyson... Did Tyson dabble in professional wrestling? I mean, he might have made an appearance or two. Yeah. But how about Ronda Rousey? Was actually a wrestler. Oh, you can't compare. You can't compare McGregor to Ronda Rousey. Why? Why? McGregor did things in the in MMA that has never been done before. He held two belts at two different weight classes. He was the first person to do it. He went out and he boxed Mayweather. Everything he said. How did How did Brock Lesnar? How, how about Brock Lesnar? Well, Brock Lesnar was was a wrestler coming out of college, and he he went into uh, professional wrestling before he went to MMA. Yeah, but was he a real fighter? In my opinion, no. He was a wrestler. I mean, but, he did uh, well. Did in he the win? MMA did he win? You, did he win UFC game, titles? But, so you're talking. Did you're he, talking about McGregor, who who at 18 years old was you know homeless, just yeah, trained but his. No, but no his one's saying McGregor isn't a great. Those two things are are not mutually exclusive. I mean, yeah, McGregor, but, but, but if he's done as a UFC fighter, if he's no like if he lo- if he loses tonight, he's done, right? More or less, he's done in, in MMA. So what's the done. next? He might be done in MMA, but I think he goes to boxing. I don't think he goes to wrestling. He's not a good enough Ronda boxer. Rousey, he can't box. Lesner, what are you talking about? Ronda Go to boxing. Rousey, Ronda Rousey and Lesnar. He's not a. Just, but he's like not said, a boxer. He top, he he's got a top earning athlete. Why does he have to go to entertainment to make money? He won't. At that athlete, point, he won't even. But worry as about sports it. are inter- sports are entertainment. 
He's already in the entertainment industry. But you, you know what I'm saying. He's a fighter. He's not a, an actor. But he, if he can't fight think, anymore, then what's he going to do? Because he he's not fight. a boxer. He's got a much better chance of having success in professional wrestling there's than he not, does boxing. There's not, a chance, there's not a chance he loses tonight. I think he got comfortable. He, I think he, much, you know. He doesn't have boxing power, team. by the way. He doesn't. I, I want, Watching that fight against Floyd Mayweather, he, he's got weak power for a boxer. Well, I think what his biggest issue is is he gets tired really fast. It's, a con- it's his conditioning. All of his wins has been, you know, completely early. If you go to four, five, six, seven rounds, he gets tired. But well, he's going to have to. He'd have to get better at that, that to be a professional wrestler. And he was working on his boxing to fight Pacquiao before he fought Poirier. You don't work on your boxing to fight a guy like Pacquiao or Mayweather. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. That's disrespectful. That, That's disrespectful to boxing. Uh, just like it would be the opposite to think they they could walk into an octagon because they trained for a few months. And uh, you know, you're talking about lifelong work that gets put into that. And the reason I say wrestling is not that he it did, wouldn't diminish what he did as a fighter, but if his time as a fighter is done, what's the next? He could be an actor. He could just retire. He could uh, fight Jake Paul, like I said. I mean, it's what, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if he loses tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if he does become an actor or act in an action film. But, but I just don't think he'll go to professional wrestling. But I don't why, think he'll the, the, only, the only drawback for professional wrestling, like another caller brought up, is his size. Otherwise, it's perfect for him. And thanks for the call. It, it allows him to showcase his abilities. I mean, I think you're, you're, you're treating professional wrestling as, as a diss. I, I don't say it as a diss at all. He's got the charisma. He's got the mic presence. He's got the believability because you know he did it in real life. He would just have to figure out what his in-ring persona was. like how Not persona as far as how he presented himself, but how he uh, worked. The the actual art of it, because he is smaller. So would he would he bring a whole bunch of whole high flying moves? Would he would he bring you to the ground? What would he be like? Would they show off his quick striking and then he you know comes off the top rope? How does he make that transition? That would be the most difficult part for him. But it it seems like a natural fit. I mean, he he carries himself like a pro wrestler already. He's a character. Yeah. So I, I don't see why that would be a strange um, proposition at all. At all. By the way, we always cover a little bit of pro wrestling on the show. There was a big pro wrestling anniversary again this week. I'll tell you what it was coming up. But I want to hear from you. 855-212-4227. It is the Robin Lundberg Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg Show. Yeah, I said there was a professional wrestling anniversary this week, and it was um, the heel turn from Hulk Hogan when he became Hollywood Hogan. That was a big deal. I mean, you think about Hulk Hogan growing up, not who Hulk Hogan necessarily really is, obviously, but Hulk Hogan as the eat your vitamins and say your prayers, dude, and I am a real American. So when he turned heel and went to the NWO, uh, that was massive. Massive. That was a big risk. Yeah. I mean, I mean it was you know, probably what, 15 plus, you know, what, 15 years already at that point in time, and uh, all the money that he made, all the merchandise he sold as, you know, being uh, the ultimate good guy, and, you know, all that was put in jeopardy when he decided to turn him heel, but uh, it worked gloriously. It's got to be the top heel turn in the history of the sport. 
of, of wrestling, right? I mean, I would say it's that's um, number one. Is, yeah, is I mean, I wouldn't have a problem if you. I mean, you could put that number one. I mean, there's a lot of. Um, I put that number one. Um, Michael's number two. Putting. I, I mean, I might. The- um, I might say Andre turning on Hogan. Just because uh, that set up WrestleMania, they're obviously their epic match at WrestleMania three and the body slam, which arguably might be you know the biggest moment in wrestling history. Everything, the significance of WrestleMania three and what that did, you know, for WrestleMania and for professional wrestling. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would, I, I would have no problem putting the Hogan NWO as number one. Uh, it probably is, but uh, I, you know, I think that 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 Andre Hogan could definitely uh, be up there for debate as well, just because of uh, the significance it had. And I, and I, but obviously, uh, you know, Hogan turning to the NWO also had great significance in yeah, professional I, I, wrestling history. You know, that helped to launch a uh, a very big era in uh, professional wrestling, the Monday Night Wars, and everything. So, and I would say um, Shawn Michaels putting Janetti. Through the, the barbershop yeah, window. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the most replayed wrestling moments in history, having Jannetty go through uh, the glass. And it launched Shawn Michaels' career, yep. really. It, you know, um, from that point on, it, he he was a, a solo star. 855-212-4227. Let's go to Brandon in Oregon. Brandon, you're up on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's going on? Uh, I just want to comment on the last call that you had before the break. Uh, you said Conor McGregor is the first... UFC fighter to hold two belts. Randy Couture did that at least 10 to 15 years ago with the light heavyweight and heavyweight belt. If you want to compare him to someone in wrestling, Conor McGregor is like the ultimate warrior. Uh, how quick he rose, but then, you know, having problems with Dana White, just like Ultimate Warrior did with Vince, you know, and constant back and forth battles. And. If he went to wrestling, I think he would make an amazing manager. Mm-hmm. Having that heel-type manager getting involved in fights that way instead of having to go in the ring and fight, I think that would work better for him if he did go to professional wrestling. He could even be an announcer, maybe. Uh, you know, yeah. With an occasional match. I mean, there's, there's, there's ways to, to utilize him that don't necessarily mean he's you know, on the regular card all the time. It just feels like that. I mean, I, I don't know where else he goes. If he's going to go somewhere else, because he, he loses tonight, I, I think his fighting career is all but over. Maybe he has one more fight. If he, if he loses tonight, if anything, he would probably have to go to he – would, he would probably be done in the UFC regardless. You know, maybe go to uh, the Bare Knuckle or, what, Bellator – and but that, that does that does less for him than I think, like say, joining WWE or AEW even would do, right? Like, oh, uh, I, I, com- I no, I I completely agree. It all depends on where he is in his heart about fighting, because mm-hmm. once he started making that money, the drive to win was gone, in my opinion. I mean, maybe. Uh, I know we hear that. That's something Dana White's brought up. It's also like fighting is a you know fleeting thing too. It's hard, uh, and and you y- you don't generally see, especially in mixed martial arts, these long runs at the top because um, somebody else comes along, or or it only takes one punch, or it only takes one hold, um, what have you, right? Um, but 
McGregor clearly, I mean, has captured people's imagination because they took him seriously in a fight against Floyd Mayweather. And he needs to be taken seriously as a fighter. You know, he, he is a an accomplished fighter. But I, I think at this point, a lot of um, his uh, work is being done via reputation or, or um, on the microphone. Leo in Dallas. Leo, you're up next. What's going on? Hey, Robin, uh, I definitely agree with you. It would not diminish him if he went to wrestling because I agree that if he loses uh, tonight, he does have to move on from the UFC because I would hate for him to just, you know, continue on and, you know, his his, his hype would, would burn out if he just keeps losing and losing and losing. And, uh, and re- in wrestling, man, he'd be great because he could, he could talk so much trash, all the trash he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the only question is, I mean, here, you have two of the things answered in, in wrestling already. His ability on the mic, as you just mentioned, he could talk all the trash he wants. And his believability is there because he, he's a legit fighter. I mean, like, he, even if he loses this fight in five seconds tonight, doesn't, you know, change the fact that he was one of the top fighters. So he has believability and he has microphone ability. The third thing that would need to be answered is his role. How does he, how does he um, capture all that? in the performance like what is his performance aspect in wrestling is it as a manager is it as an announcer is it as a wrestler is it as some sort of hybrid role like that um well, because- the guy earlier the other character called you right the manager role would fit more perfect because you know these uh these wrestlers man uh that too they're they're great athletes you have to actually you know anyone can do a front forward backflip off a top ring you know they're great athletes so you know i don't know his athletic abilities are still there for Conor McGregor, but I mean, it should, I mean, he's he, only he thirty-two years on. old, right? I I think you know with the that is something because one, it uh, you know it isn't legitimate. Uh, if he did train for it's not like boxing where yeah he trains for a couple months, he goes in there, he's still got to beat a legitimate fighter. You train for wrestling for a few months, you just have to be part of the performance, and that's not taking away from all the training those guys do and and how great they are at their job. I'm not saying he he becomes the best professional wrestler media. I'm saying he can train. And, and learn enough to go in there and perform. And that's what you would have to do. And and what his performance would look like, that is the, that's the question. I mean, it, maybe it's like, you, you know, one of the things that, that was learned against him as a fighter, as Jimmy Allen brings up, if you take him to the ground, you can beat him. Uh, well, yeah, take him to the ground, and you could beat him. Um, okay, so is his wrestling style like a flurry of, of striking? You know, quick flurry of striking, run off the ropes, uh, you know, basically like a, a spear and then a bunch of punches, and then he goes upstairs. Like, how how does he play all that out? That would be like the performance aspect is the thing that would have to be answered because I don't think the, the charisma can be questioned and, and the um, accolades, the reputation walking in the door cannot be questioned. You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show. It is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. We talked some Shohei Otani today. Maybe having the best season ever. Is he the best baseball player ever at this moment? Not like of all time, but like in this moment in time. Conor McGregor, he's got a fight tonight. Uh, Dustin Poirier, the trilogy. UFC 264. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, this is the the fight that determines whether McGregor is 
still a, a mixed martial artist or needs to find a new line of work. You know, um, he is a uh, great fighter, was a great fighter. But I, I think he's getting by right now more so almost on his personality than anything, his, his ability to capture people's imaginations, rile them up. And, and part of that was his fighting, too, because he had an explosive style. Uh, let, let's not get it twisted. It, it's not like that wasn't, you know, the, the talking stuff wouldn't work if he wasn't doing the fighting stuff for a portion of his career. If he didn't, you know, take the MMA world by, by storm. He's the biggest fighter in the history of the UFC. Not, not his size, obviously, but his, his uh, celebrity. So um, those topics are up for discussion uh, during the, the show. And to discuss the, the former of those two, I'm joined now by Nelson Figueroa, former MLB pitcher, co-host of the Amazing But True podcast for the New York Post. And Nelson, let, let's start with Shohei Otani, 33rd home run. As somebody who did this, you know, uh, I, uh, you didn't hit like Shohei Otani. No, but, no. but did part of it, right? Uh, just, you know, when, when you try to put into words what he's doing right now, how would you do it? Well, it's pretty funny because when we first saw it, and they they signed him, and we said, okay, you know, he's probably going to be, you know, just your average type hitter, but we had no idea what we were in store for. Um, He made some minor adjustments very early on in spring training of his first year. Uh, He had a high leg kick from Japan. It's very popular with the Japanese hitters with the high leg kick, and and it was messing up his timing. Now if you watch his the way that he moves, his first move, his first reaction to a, a pitch coming in at nearly 100 miles an hour, he looks so calm as if the ball's moving in slow motion. And when he makes contact, he doesn't miss. And he can hit the ball out to any part of the park, in any park. And I think we've seen that. We're seeing him hit balls to places that no one else has done. And that's what makes him so special because, yes, he can hit the ball out of the ballpark at 117 miles an hour, but he can also get on the mound and throw 100 miles an hour and can go deep into ball games and has a tremendous pitching repertoire. We haven't seen the likes of this. And I'm not even going to say Babe Ruth because back when Babe Ruth played, there was only day games and these, you know, basically sock balls that they were throwing around and hitting. Not, uh, we've never seen anything like this. This is a guy who can do it on both sides of the, of the, of the game. Um, like no one we've ever seen before. And we've seen some pretty good athletes. We've always talked about some pitchers, the bum garners of the world, guys that, you know, they hit five, six home runs a year, and you're like, wow, he had a really good season. Mm-hmm. We're at the all-star break, not even, and he's got 33. It's the most impressive thing I've seen in, in my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. And I want to get your perspective on him as a pitcher for a second because as a hitter, I think it's pretty easy for people to understand. 33 home runs. Uh, yeah, leads in slugging, uh, leads in, in, in homers, and, and he's been good on the base pass as well, 12 stolen bases. He's got four bunt hits on the year. But I, I think in, in some weird way, you, you see some people like nitpicking his pitching and say, oh, he's, well, he's not the best pitcher in the majors. How good is he as a pitcher from what you've seen? Listen, he is still – I look at it this way. If there is an ace – so the number one pitcher on every team, if there's an ace on every team, that means top 30 pitchers you are in, in, your, in your league, right, in, in MLB. He is easily in the top 30 of starters, easily in the top 30 of starters. So you're looking at somebody that, honestly, with his stuff and his repertoire, he's a top 15 starter 
um, I, I would always liken him to it's like having Noah Syndergaard and then the ability to you know have Michael Conforto hitting. But it, it's even more so than that because I, I believe he has more feel, more touch, uh, the ability to change speeds a little bit better. And I think if he, if honestly if he wasn't so focused on hitting every day. Um, and he was able to focus more on his pitching, he'd probably be even better. I mean, other than the Yankee game, he's been really, really good pitching as well. The Yankee game was the only blemish. I mean, those are seven runs in, in uh, a very short amount of time. That's tough for a pitcher to swallow, but slowly but surely he'll get that ERA back down, and then by the end of the year you're looking at the clear MVP of the American League. Robin Lundberg talking to Nelson Figueroa, former MLB pitcher, co-host of the Amazing But True Mets podcast for the, the New York Post. Yeah, I mean, the, the, that was the outlier, um, was that one pitching performance. So I, I think you're, you're spot on in that, it, it, and, and it, it kind of actually takes his numbers in, in the wrong direction a little bit. One more on, on Otani for you, mm-hmm. Nelson, and that's just the, you know, with every story like this, it gets talked about a lot. So you're going to even have the people who say, well, he should he should just focus on being a hitter or he shouldn't be in the home run derby because it could mess up his swing or all that i mean it, it, do we really have to play these games with this guy it, it isn't part of the the uh i guess joy of it seeing him attempt to do both at this level and sustain that oh without a doubt without a doubt i mean we laugh about it because we always kept saying you know what they should have a pitcher's home run derby because there were certain pitchers that could hit and they hit the ball well but they're not hitting the ball like this guy does honestly it's just it's not even apples and oranges because those are at least both both fruit. It's apples and rocks. They're they're not comparable. So with him being able to do all the things he is, enjoy it, relish in it, be witness to it because these things don't happen every day. And as a player who played in the National League, a pitcher who played in the National League his whole career, I had to hit. I had to put the ball in play. I had to try and focus on doing both things at the same time. He's in the American League. I think we're not understanding that that aspect of it. This isn't a guy who's getting to hit once a week, you know, when he pitches. This is a guy that hits every single day. And it seems the more uh, comfortable he gets, the more times he sees a team, the more times he sees a pitcher, the more dangerous he becomes. And that's a scary thing when you're making the best player in baseball uh, over the last 50 years, Mike Trout. No one's talking about Mike Trout. No one. I mean, just put that into perspective just for a second. Yeah, I mean, to, to be, like, considered – forget MVP, like, the best player on his team when, when Mike Trout is there. Yes, it's, exactly. It's, it's kind of crazy. Then they release you know, Pujols. They release Pujols. Mike uh, Trout isn't even being talked about, and yet here we are. Shoei Otani has stolen the show. Maybe the Angels can figure out how to have a winning record or make the playoffs at some point. Uh, I think they are a game above 500 right now. But, you know, other than Shohei, the the big story of of the first half of the season was the uh, whole sticky stuff situation. Mm -hmm. From your perspective as as a former pitcher, uh, how do you um, feel about it and how do you feel how um, MLB has handled it? Uh, So, for me, as a former pitcher who I've been on both sides of it right so I understand it's almost like that gentleman's agreement um, between teams both managers know that their players are using it uh, the rosin I would say they know they're using the rosin and the sunscreen those are two elements but again every guy's gonna put on sunscreen they're out in the sun 
uh, I mean, the majority of, of their lives playing baseball. They're out in the sun. So to protect their skin, they're spraying the sunscreen. Now tap the rosin onto it after you've applied the sunscreen, and it dries in a little bit. It's going to dry, and it's going to become tacky. That has helped a lot of pitchers get a grip, literally. Um, and it, it helps because you want these guys who are throwing the ball nearly 100 miles an hour and then trying to spin the ball uh, to throw a breaking ball now all of a sudden, 92 to 94 miles an hour with the sliders. That didn't happen 10 years ago. I was just watching uh, a, a flashback game, uh, Met Yankee series. It was Kuroda pitching. He's throwing nothing but 83-mile-an-hour sliders. And you're like, oh, my God, it's the slowest thing in the world because everybody now throws a mid-90s slider. And it had to do a lot with being able to grip the ball and yet still throw it like a fastball. There's always a compromise between spin and speed when it comes to throwing a good slider. So if you can add more spin and continue adding more speed, you're going to get a tighter break, a later break, and that's where the swings and misses have really accumulated in, in, in record fashion over the past few years. MLB wants to crack down on that, and they feel like that has a lot to do with it. The spider tech takes it to another level. That is clear-cut cheating. Um, the other things, it's almost like sweat and rosin. Those are provided for you. You can't stop sweating. The rosin is provided by MLB. If they want to change the consistency of the rosin, that's up to them. But it's not you, – you, you have the rosin bag to help someone getting a grip. So it's something that you've let pitchers use for centuries. I don't think that's something that's going to get taken away anytime soon. Um, having said that, the spider tech, that's where you're taking it above and beyond. I equate it to when you look at what the Astros did with the stealing of the signs, stealing of the signs and relaying signs in real time on the base paths, that has been something that's done, again, since baseball started. It's, it's a little trying to get an advantage, trying to get an edge. Using any electronics to enhance that, so cameras and buzzers and all those other things that they're saying that might have been used, that's where you draw the line because, again, that's above and beyond. That's cheating. But if everyone is under the understanding that these pitchers who are throwing now higher velocity than ever before, higher spin rates than ever before, and it becomes more and more dangerous for your hitters because well, what do you want them to do? Throw, they're trying to throw a 94-mile-an-hour slider and it slips out of their hand and it hits the guy in the head. We've seen Kevin Pillar take 94-mile-an-hour fastball to the face. Most, one of the most scariest things I've ever seen in my life. And to avoid that, hitters would love the comfort of knowing, hey, this guy's got a good slider. It's going to break down and away from my face. And, and they're, they're willing to compete with that. You're not hearing a lot of hitters complaining about that. You're really not. Um, and especially when the ball was a little bit juiced and they were hitting all the home runs still just two years ago, no one complained about it. But all of a sudden, the strikeouts are accumulating. The no-hitters started to pile up early on in the season, and everything went back to, oh, my God, it's because they're cheating. And for some people, it was. That spider tech stuff, it was readily available. You could buy it on Amazon, and people were using it um, like crazy because it was more than the rosin and sweat, more than the rosin and sunscreen. And so I think that's where you're looking at an unfair advantage. Robin Lindbergh talking to Nelson Figueroa, former MLB pitcher, co-host of the Amazing But True podcast for the New York Post. And uh, last one for you, Nelson, since I have you on, and producer here is a big Mets fan, I'd be remiss. You, you do the, the podcast with Jake Brown for, for the Post. Um, if I didn't ask you uh, about the, the, the New York Mets, if nothing else to satisfy him, uh, they are leading the National League East right now. Jacob deGrom is having the season he's had, new ownership there. How do you feel uh, about the state of the quote-unquote amazing? It's really a very strange time to be a Mets fan, right? It started with the ownership change in November. 
owner goes on TV, does a tremendous press conference, makes you feel like, oh, my God, if I ever won the lottery and I could buy the Mets, that would be me. He's a fan's owner. And so that's how he started out. However, and of which, the guy with the deepest pockets in all of baseball didn't pay out like that. And it really concerned a lot of fans, and even myself included, because it, I thought it was just a foregone conclusion that it wouldn't have been Bauer, Real Muto, and Springer right at the top of the list. We're going to buy all three of those guys and have them for the next five, six, seven years. They didn't go that route. They went a different route. They said our depth was lacking. And they went across the board and picked up players along the way, like the Kevin Pilars, who have been the heart and soul of this team with everything that he's done off the bench. Um, Peraza, who was a starting player just a few years ago for Cincinnati, had lost his job to, to two other players, and now all of a sudden is put in a role where he had to play a lot more than expected. The Almoras. The, there were so many moves that they made to increase the depth and so that the fallout, the fall off from your A team to your B team wasn't so substantial that they've been able to survive with all the injuries. They had 18 guys on the IL at one time. Uh, including seven of the nine that were in their starting lineup on day one. Most teams had no shot of you know, even competing at that level. I, there are names that I still can't pronounce, and I, and I will probably never remember. You, you hear that music? It means we're up, against the, we're up against the heartbreak. Can you wrap up the thought in like 15, 20 seconds? And, and, that's what I, and that's what I'm looking at is that this team has been able to do some special things. Uh, with a multitude of players, so hats off to Luis Rojas and the staff for keeping this team afloat for so long. Nelson Figueroa, it is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.